0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Bunkhouse. I'm your host, John, and I'm an active duty Marine, so any opinion expressed on this show is of mine and not of military regulation or policy. Now, this is the first episode of 2022. Um, I had a little condensed recording and publishing session just because of some things that had happened early in the months in in, in my life personally, and then also I like to make sure I work around the schedules of my guests, so I hope you guys enjoy this one, and on to the show.
1: All right. Welcome again, everyone, to another episode of The Bunkhouse. Um, I have my next guest here, Jay. We met, what, maybe six, seven months ago online through mm-hmm. um, the American Corporate. Um, oh, shoot. What's ACP stand for? I totally forgot. Uh, I,
2: I just go by ACP. Yeah, <laughs> ACP.
1: I think it's whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, I'll put it in the show notes. How about that? But yeah, uh, I signed up for a mentor uh, just because uh, for most, most of my listeners, they know that I'm going through a medical board process. So I try to start my transition early and I signed up for a mentor through their program. Um, I got matched up with Jay here and we've been, we've been talking, yeah, probably about six months now, kind of helping each other out. He's giving me some pointers and stuff like that too. So Jay, if you would just talk to the audience, tell them a little bit about yourself and tell them your story about how you got from your service in the military to where you are today.
2: Yeah, sure. Great. Yeah, I'm a little different from some of your other guests. I've been out quite some time. So, um, you know, my service was back in the late 80s, early 90s. I was in the Air Force for four years. I was a medical admin. uh, 90650 was the job title at the time. I worked in air air medical evacuation, which was a really fun job. It was coordinating, uh, you know, patient care and during desert storm, making sure, you know, uh, military folks got back to where they needed to go back to their home state or, or to certain medical facilities for care. So I did that for four years. Once I got all that, I did that straight out of high school, decided, you know, I wanted to do the college route. So I used my GI Bill, uh, worked full time, some sales jobs, and then, you know, went to school at night, got a two-year degree, then I transferred to a four-year college and got a four-year degree in criminal justice. And, uh, and up to that point, I had no IT background whatsoever I think me and you joked a little bit I, I think I, I did some you know inner you know interface kind of uh stuff in the military with the first internet you know it was I mean that's how far back I'm, I'm dating myself but yeah so uh back, no back, in, back in the DARPA days yeah right yeah before <laughs> internet was even a thing and you know after that after uh, you know I got a four-year degree in criminal justice And, you know, I was was thinking about going to law school. That was my original intention, but then kind of changed route and said, you know what, I'm going to go into law enforcement. So I actually set up a job. uh, It was all all ready to start with the Mecklenburg County Police Department down in Charlotte. But as all stories go, my girlfriend at the time was not my wife, uh, informed me she didn't want to be married to a cop. So here I am, four-year degree. Spent all this time thinking, you know, going to do something in law enforcement and, and had to do a quick 180. So I talked to uh, a friend who was a, a headhunter, and I asked her, I said, what's the big thing right now? And she goes, well, IT's hot. So, you know, um, so what should I do? What should I do in IT? She told me to go get this certification in Novell. So I took a night class. Uh, most folks may have never even heard of Novell, depending on how old well they are. But it's an it's operating system similar to Microsoft. It was really big back in the day. They, they kind of gave Microsoft a run for their money. But while I was in that class studying you know, for that certification, I uh, met a young lady there, and she said, man, they really are hard up at the banks right now. She, she mentioned a specific bank. So uh, once I got my certification, I applied to the, one of the banks there, and, and, and that just kind of rolled into a, to an IT job. And I started out, uh, I just took whatever I get. So I was like making $12 an hour. Working on a uh, what they call a proactive group, sitting on a bench looking at alerts and just creating tickets for uh, way and the land, uh, you know, routing, switching, and that kind of thing. And it was three days on, three days off. Uh, it, it was it was pretty cool. Start little kind of intro into IT, but you know, I had the uh, urge to do more in that area and talk to a manager there. And he said if I came in on my days off, I could uh, I could. Maybe do some LAN or WAN kind of functions and start working, you know, working on routing and switching and that kind of thing if I want to spend my own time to learn that. So I did that for a few months, rolled into a WAN, LAN kind of support role. And that's how my IT career actually started. What, what is it that you do? You
1: still do the IT for that same organization or have you? Or no, have you no. Worked?
2: So yeah, I was there for quite some time, a total of 17 years. Uh, about every three or four years, I would change roles. So yeah, I started out on support desk, then I moved into uh, uh, more of an engineering role. It was engineering, mostly branches for a large uh, financial company, you know, routing, switching, that kind of thing. And then voice over IP came up, I, you know, nobody wanted to touch that, so I volunteered, kind of dove headfirst into that when, when that was the new big thing. Uh, but I have this kind of, every four years, I get an itch to do something different. So after I did that for about four years, you know, I decided, you know, be more kind of in the security space because that's the next big thing, right? So, uh, you know, started volunteering and working on anything that had to do with security. If I had to do ACLs on a router switch, if there was any firewall interaction, anything I could get my hands on, just to create that, to get that little bit of experience, but also create those relationships with those people on those teams. So uh, to, to answer your question, I spent 17 years there. Um, I followed a manager that I liked to a, a sales job. So I did a sales job for a few years. Decided I didn't like being on the sales side. I'd rather be a customer. <laughs> it's just a lot more, more fun than me. Than, you know, that, that's just me personally. Some people are really good at the sales piece. I, I thought I would be too with my sales background, but you know, IT is a whole whole different animal. So did, did the sales thing for a while. I ended up going back to that same financial company after about four years. Cause I think me and you talked about this too. You feel a sense of loyalty. Yeah. uh, Especially coming from the military. And I really wanted to, I I just, the whole time from the minute I left that place, I itched to get back there. And you know, it's more about the people than anything, the people I work with and stuff. So I talked to, uh, at the time was, she was a CISO over at that financial company, large financial company said, Hey, I want to get back in. I want to do security. What do I need to do? And she asked, you know, do you want to do network security? Do you want to do application security? You know, there have been a lot of changes uh, since I've left. So um, in those few, few number of years. So I had to go back and figure out what I really want to do. And uh, at the time, since I had a big networking background and started out with Cisco and stuff, I said, let's go with network security. So she got me hooked up with a recruiter that got me a contract job. So said, you get your foot in the door, you know, learn what you can. You know, and then if, if they want to hire you, they'll hire you full time. It's out of my hands. Spent about six months uh, in the security uh, team, uh, what they call it. It was an architecture and engineering team. So it was just kind of cool. They did a little bit of both, they, they did kind of some of the high-level stuff. But then you own certain products. So you right. would be, you could get deep on certain products, too. Um, so I did that up for about six months. And then they decided to hire me on full time. And then I was there for about four years. Up until uh, just recently, and uh, this is when after me and you met, yeah. um, I just got, abruptly got got my walking papers. Right, they did, did around the layoffs, and so I was kind of in the kind of in the same boat you were. You are starting over again, looking for a new job. I, I went to a little bit of a smaller company, got out of out of banking, um, which is a, a whole different animal in itself. Working for more of a retail organization, like I said, a little bit smaller. Um, they're building their, you know, a new security, new security team, kind of from scratch. So they, they had people doing security, but they didn't have a dedicated security team. Rolled into this security architecture role about four months ago. Um, it's it's been real exciting. Uh, there's you know there there's some security stuff that's there. There's stuff stuff that's kind of greenfield. So it's kind of bringing all that together. And, uh, you know, starting out from the ground up, building policy and then product selection and learning work controls, you know, deciding controls and, and things like that. So, real excited about this new role. Only been there about four months. But it was, it was a little bit of a journey and, and kind of a, a sidetrack that I wasn't expecting to take because, you know, before I thought I was just going to stay with this financial company until I retired.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. You definitely have a slew of experiences in different areas, right? Like Come out of high school, went to the Air Force, did some uh, medical database maintenance, if you would, like if you want to put it into some, like I guess today's generic terms for what that really the inputs and outputs of the casualties and stuff and making sure they're getting to where they're supposed to be going. Going through college to get a degree in criminal justice and then getting into some sales jobs and then turning around and getting into the IT field. Just kind yeah, it's
2: definitely a long path. Yeah, <laughs> we, did, we did a lot, of, a lot of different things to get there. So. Yeah,
1: and I, w- I would definitely say, like, I would say your longevity of your experiences is, 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 and you may not even realize it right now, but like I think that longevity of your experiences and all the experiences you had through IT and getting into the security side, all of that is is most likely going to help you with your current role, having to figure out controls where to place those controls and figuring out policies and stuff like that, just because where you had your hands kind of in the different pots, if you would of IT, right. And a little bit of security too. So they'd be right. able to think of those things. That's, that's yeah, awesome. That's
2: like, yeah. I was talking to my wife about it too. Uh, like, There's some parallels that you always want to do something kind of in law enforcement or, you know, in law, and, and there are some parallels there, as you know, the security. So uh, you're, you're still trying to look for bad guys. You're still trying to stop bad guys. Um, yep. yeah, and that, that's that's pretty exciting to me.
1: So, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably one of the biggest things that's that's driven me more towards this, the security side of our community than sticking with and specializing in, in a technology just specifically in IT, because at least in the Marine Corps now is... There's We have so many responsibilities within our community. I have to do virtualization. I have to do server management. I have to do Active Directory management. Um, I have to do DNS and make sure I understand DNS flow and shaping. Understanding Exchange, because Exchange itself is a beast just in itself. Understanding and being able to be proficient in that. Um, And then on top of that, some of the security stuff that we got kind of roped into now recently over the past few years with endpoint security, vulnerability assessment, patch management, those types of things. I couldn't, and shoot, even Cisco Unified Communications, like you were talking about VoIP solutions, like that's that's part of my job as well. Um, And I couldn't really pinpoint where I wanted to focus my efforts on, especially now that my transition time is coming sooner rather than later in my career, I couldn't decide which one I wanted to kind of focus on and specialize in because I I enjoyed all, all, all the aspects that I do. Uh, Just having that, that knowledge of everything. And then I worked with one of my SOC teams here recently over the last couple of years. And well, we don't call them SOC in the Marine Corps. They're defensive cyber operations office operators, but that's, they're, they're a SOC is essentially what they are. They're a SOC team. And Working with them and working on some cool stuff with them, not necessarily stuff I can talk a whole lot about on the show, but two years ago now, no, just a year ago. Yeah, for
2: those that might not know, too, yeah. Security Operations Center is the way I think right so right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah.
1: what it was, it was a SOC team, yeah. exactly, right, so worked on a per- fairly large global project with them a year ago, actually this time last year into the year before. And working with them through some things and through some scenario-based things, I, I definitely realized I, I, would, I wanted to do the security side more than anything. Um, one, because like you said, it's, it's, it's a lot like law enforcement. You're, you're there to protect something. You're there to defend off things. And then also you're there to help guide the executive level that has the authority to make the decisions on what decisions, they like the, the best case of decision they should be trying to make. Right for what they're trying to right, like, what their business is. So yeah, no, I, I totally understand. It's it's definitely a lot different than just specializing in IT, but at the same like that's when I that's probably another thing. And you probably think I like, think like this too, is a lot of people that got into security, especially if they're prior to military, it's it's not the same thing every day. Right. It's always something oh, different. Right. There's always a new threat that's always coming out, right? Like I know me and you were talking about the log 4J uh, issue that literally um, took over the entire world with issues right like they like literally everybody and anybody who owned anything had to do something
2: so yeah right, yeah i was just talking about this with my manager last week or something like we come in with a punch list of things we want to do and then <laughs> yeah. the log, log 4j hit and all that stuff's out there, right? yeah that stuff gets set to the side and now that you have this thing at the very forefront that you that's
1: urgent and you have to work on it right now and today right yeah right, right um, and
2: still working on it and probably will <laughs> be working on it for two right. more years. Right.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. And that, that's another thing too, is like especially with depending on the level of the security like role that you're in, you're working on stuff that you were that you were trying to prioritize for last year, but now you're doing it this year because other things got in the way, but you're also planning for two years down the road and trying to look ahead on some stuff too. With your experience in, a, in the military and air force specifically, in What would you say was probably some of the things that you took away the most, and 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 how would you like describe those? Like how did they impact you on
2: on what got you where you are today? That's a good question. Yeah. So, um, you know, in high school, I couldn't decide if I wanted to go to college or what I was going to do. You know, my family uh, had a heavy military family, Uh, but I knew if I went straight to college, I didn't have the discipline, or the motivation, or time management even. So, um, you know, the military just seemed to be the place to go. And I think what I got out of that is exactly what I just mentioned. You know, number one, being more motivated, uh, how to manage your time, and, and having a discipline and a focus to, to get things accomplished, right? And I said this, once I went to college, I did really good in college. Um, I would say I was a C average student at best in high school. I just didn't really apply myself. But I think the military gave me that you know, that sense of – kind of background where, you know, I knew how to manage my time. I knew, you know, what the, you know, I I was more motivated. uh, And I really wanted to have that college experience because then I started feeling like being in the military, I was missing out. That's why I didn't actually make the military, you know, my career. On my leave, I'd go home and visit kids and, you know, my friends at college and stuff and really felt like I was missing out. It's kind of how I ended up going that route instead of making a military uh, full career.
1: I tell I tell Marines that I that I interact with like the military is not for everyone and that's okay. If you only if you decide to only do your four years or whatever your initial term is and, and you decide to get out, that's totally fine. That's that's the reason you have contracts is because it lets you decide what you want to do. Do you want to stay in or do you want to go back and do whatever it is that you're going to do afterwards? Um, but I would definitely say that even if you only do the four years or whatever. You come out the other side definitely better than what you came into it as. and It, it definitely gives you a, a – and I will say being a, in the Marine Corps, even if I hadn't have been in for as long as I had, I think just even a little bit of time in the Marine Corps would, uh, is is what has made me successful in my online college. A success right now, I'm currently like, – like you said, in high school, I was – I was probably a D student at best because I didn't apply myself. I didn't. I never saw myself ever going to college. I even. I'm pretty sure I even said quite a few times when I was in high school, "I'm never going to college." Well, look right. at me now. Now I'm. Now I'm actually going to get my degree too. Um,
2: you know, and that's okay too. I mean, especially now nowadays, I, I, you shouldn't. College isn't the end all, especially in the uh, technology industry. I mean, I, 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 maybe it does help a little bit to have a college degree, but for the most part. You know, when you're on your uh, recruiters or hiring managers looking at resumes, I, I don't know that that, you know, that really weighs as much anymore as, you know, certifications or, or experience or things like that. So, yeah. you know, my son's 18 right now. He, my daughter's in college, which is great. My son decided that's not the route he wanted to take, which I fully support. Right. You know, he's, he's doing uh, welding classes right now. So he wants to give welding a shot. And maybe he changes his mind later. But to yeah. your point, I don't think, you know, college – is, is necessarily the route you have to take, especially in the, the IT field.
1: Yeah, I, that's definitely a lot of things I've, I've talked to recruiters, like especially just, again, in my transitioning time now, recently, they, a lot of times, because I'll ask them, like, hey, I don't have the certification, but I am working on it. Is that like a deal breaker? The only time that that type of stuff is a real deal breaker is when I'm talking about working for a company that, that works directly with like the DOD and stuff, that they had to follow those, those requirements for like the cybersecurity workforce uh, requirements and stuff like that, that's the only time that they say it's a deal breaker. But for like in in, this, in the civilian sector or the private sector, as long as they, that you can show that you can do the work with very, with no supervision and be able to work on your own or as a team with somebody, and you have the experiences to do that and be successful, they could care less if you have a certification. And if you want to get a certification after getting hired, most of the time they'll reimburse you for it, or they'll pay for it up front for you so if you yeah, had experience. it's kind of to
2: your point too like like what you're talking about and, and I, this it was one of my early mistakes my downfalls and maybe people can learn from this is when, when you look at a job when you're looking online and you, you look at it and say well I don't have this or I don't have that maybe I've got 70% of what they're asking for but I don't have these specific things they're looking for uh, don't be afraid to reach out to the hiring manager recruiter and ask them say, is this really a deal breaker? Yep um, I learned I, once I learned that um, you know, sometimes it is, it's like, you've you got to have this, you got to have, you know, this PCA certification or something. We're, yep. we're not even going to consider you. But in a lot of other cases, it's like, well, no, it's not a deal breaker. man. If you got this, you know, these couple of things, like you said, and then when you actually get in there and get in front of the hiring manager and talk to them, a lot of it's like, is this a person that I think will mesh with my team? Is this a person right. that I can get along with? Is this a person that will listen to me and that's willing to learn? Yep. That kind of thing. So um, definitely agree don't uh, rule yourself out of a, a particular job just because maybe there's a couple things on there that you haven't done before, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, it kind of, kind of added to, to your point. A lot of times, especially now with the zoom and everything like that, having to do like remote interviews, because a lot of times now they're not like the, sometimes a lot of initial re- interviews with the recruiter will be over the phone. But when you get the interview with the, either the hiring manager or like if, it, if, the hiring manager is like the CIO or maybe the program manager for a program that you're going that you're applying for a position in. That's probably going to be over Zoom or something like that. And like you said, it's really to see how do you present yourself physically, right? Do you look like you are presentable, professional? Um, and what is your character and like what is your attitude and mentality? And they could tell a lot of that just by how you answer some some of the 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 certain questions that hiring managers always ask, they may not ask the same they had verbatim as the other hiring managers, but it's literally the exact same response that they're looking for. Right. And like, how are you going to respond to that? Can you think quickly on your feet, stuff like that. And like you said, are you based off of who you say you are, are you going to be a good mesh with the team that you're applying to be a part of? Um, that definitely has a lot to do with it. Cause like, and we all know being in the military, like, the meshing of the team is what makes you successful as a whole group, right? Like if if your team does not get along and can't work well together, you're not going to be successful. And if you are, it's not going to be long-term. It might be just short-term success, right? Like every once in a while you're, you're doing okay. But for long-term success, you definitely have, a, have to have a team that's that's working really well together.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Okay,
1: so talking about kind of what's taking you where you are today from your military experiences and kind of where you are at today, well, even, let's say, along through your journey to where you're at today, what have been some of the favorite, what have been some of your favorite subjects or projects or anything like that to work with or work on?
2: Oh, good question. Yeah, probably my favorite thing is, uh, you know, it changes, you know, from day to day, <laughs> sometimes month to month. But right right now is, is understanding some of the new technology out there, some of the tools and part of my role is this one and the one I have a prior before was, was product selection. But, you know, just learning something, you know, from the beginning to, to soup the nuts and then, you know, f- figuring out like, you know, what tools are out there? You know, there's a lot of vendors that do a lot of the same things. So right. um, what's, you know, what's important? What's, what's the top hitter? And then, you know, being able to take that, go do some research, um, actually talk to those vendors, gather requirements. From your technical technical folks, and then uh, the main thing is that I, I love new toys, man. So if I can find a <laughs> you know some kind of new toy that brings something else to the table, I definitely want to bring that up to the the folks that make the purchase decisions, and, and you know give them the options and tell them why I think this particular product is better than that product. Um, right. So I, I just really enjoy you know finding out you know what are the new tools out there, what, what's the add-ons, and you know everything's. Really uh, going cloud. Cloud's hot. The security cloud security is hot. Uh, yeah. Any automation, any automation kind of things, AI, uh, user behavioral experience. You know things where it's more automation and more um, artificial intelligence to kind of right. help you quick, quickly spin and do find those vulnerabilities or find those bad guys we were talking about. Okay. Uh,
1: are there any, you talk about like automation and stuff like that, or any languages that you like to play with?
2: Uh, I've been playing with Python quite a bit. So that's, that seemed to be the hot one. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: yeah I, I've been doing the same thing. I got my little Raspberry Pi hooked up next to me here at my desk, too. Uh, so, I've been working on some Python myself, trying to learn it. Because uh, I definitely, especially in the security world right now, Python is one of the, I think, one of the more popular languages. For a lot of their automating and a lot of their tool sets and stuff like that. So, yeah, what's
2: kind of crazy too, my, so my son, his last semester in high school, which was this past year, he showed me his class. He's trying to figure out which classes to take. And I saw one that said Python programming. I oh, he said, yeah. why don't you take that? And I'll sit there with it. So, they actually taught, and he was really good at it. But um, it's not where he wanted to go in life. But yeah, I sat there with him. We did some little Python programming together, and it was it was fun. So, uh, awesome. I mean, they're, they're they're hitting it at the high school level now. That's good. Um, like, yeah, people are desperate to get people that that could know the programming languages. You know,
1: yeah. Like I was in high school, late '90s, early 2000s, and I think the most advanced computer class we had was I think like typing two or something like that. It wasn't even <laughs> like an actual computer class. It was yeah. just teaching you how to type better and everything, and learning like <laughs> shortcuts and stuff like that. It really wasn't like an actual coding or a real computer class, right? <laughs>
2: Uh, that's good though
1: that's good to hear that they're actually starting to teach that type of stuff in, in high school and like so actually it's funny you say that so my daughter my oldest daughter she's 13 she's in seventh grade and one of her classes this year she's had in seventh grade was web development now they weren't learning like wow. html or java or javascript or anything like that but they still had to go in they got they had some cloud platform that they were using for their class and go in and and then uh, go through and actually do some web development and be able, and present it to the class and like all this other stuff too. So they weren't really doing a lot of coding, but still, they were still doing some web development, some front end type of stuff, which was I thought I thought that was actually really cool that they were doing that in middle school.
2: Man, that is that is early. That's cool. Yeah, yeah,
1: they're start they're starting to get them early. I mean, you get like shoot, my youngest daughter, she's in the second grade, and when they were when they do virtual stuff, like everything's on Zoom everything's on some cloud platform for online learning for them and stuff like that. When they're, when they're doing virtual stuff and shoot, like, when, when COVID hit really bad, that's all they did was virtual. And he was in the first grade then and sitting there on a computer in front of a computer every day, doing her stuff, having her zoom meetings with her class, stuff like that. So <laughs> they're, they're, they're really <laughs> starting them early. They're like, start. yeah. yeah. They're really starting them early on a lot of stuff, which I think is good though. I think that earlier, like, especially the, this time and day, with what 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 the future possibly could look like, as far as technology and IT and, and stuff like that, I think it's important to start them early, just because again this this is what's going to be I think the biggest industry at some point, you know.
2: Oh, for sure, for sure. And, um, and you, you talked a little bit about like your raspberry Pi. and your um uh, one of the things I like too now is if you get interested in something, let's say like. Python, there's so many free offerings yes. out there and they're actually good. You can go out there and yeah. play around and practice with it. Yeah. Uh, same thing with cloud, like AWS, you can go up yep. and sign up for a free AWS account and they got so much training and stuff now yeah. that you don't even have to pay hardly anything out of pocket. I mean, I think I, I think I spend like 30 cents a month on storage or, or you know, yeah. something like that or a really minor. Um, yeah. That's
1: what's the good thing about a lot of like a lot of the personal subscription with the cloud providers is it's, it's, by use basis, right? Like you pay by the use and that's it. If you're not using it, you don't pay for it. Yep, I think exactly. that, I think one of the best things with, uh, with AWS, not trying to like promote a, a cloud provider over the other, right? But when it comes like to, to learning and education, their introduction, like their beginners stuff, like curriculum is, is free of charge. Like you get access to it as soon as you create your AWS account, you get it free of charge, which I think is really all, cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A lot of great training. Um, yeah. And then there's other companies like, um, I don't know if you heard of uh, a cloud guru. I working on some Amazon certifications there. I think so. I thought their training was excellent. It's like a monthly service charge. They charge, right. I remember not it know it's $20 a month or something, but I was really, uh, they, they kind of combine what, what you like, your access, your free access, and then yeah. some labs, uh, which is a nice kind of cut over, actually see and fill and play around with right. it and then prepare you for those certifications too, if you want to tell you. Okay.
1: Them. CBT Nuggets has a lot of good stuff too, if you ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. They have a program where you can get six months free if you're transitioning or a veteran, you can get six months for free to full access to all their stuff. And they have some really good stuff on there too. Uh, they just actually put some CISSP stuff on there for more like the security management roles. And I want to say they just – put on some CISS CISM stuff as well for my soccer on there. But they have systems. What did you say? Which one was that? CBT Nuggets.
2: Oh, okay. That. Yeah. C B T Yeah yeah. They're Nuggets.
1: they're really good. They're actually really good. Right. They're they're inter. they actually are they keep you entertained. It's actually really good to listen to. They have some really good instructors uh, that do the videos and stuff like that.
2: I mean, the the SANS training was really good, but that's when somebody else is paying for it. Oh yeah yeah. No, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. No, right? Absolutely. Well, you got to do something for free. Um, And then uh, yeah, I've also looked at Udemy. I don't care about Udemy. Oh. Um, oh, uh, I feel like that's a pretty yeah, yeah. Uh, too. Is it Udemy or Udemy? Oh, I don't know. I always call it Udemy. U-D-E-M-Y. I've Udemy.
1: Yeah. yeah, I've always heard Udemy. I don't know. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> right? Tomato, <laughs> tomato. Yeah. It's
2: whatever. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> No, yeah. But no, for they, your listeners, they, anyway, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff. I mean, like, if you really want to get into, something you know, if you have a, you know, passion for programming, or if you want to yeah. try some of the cloud stuff out, it's, it's at your fingertips and it's pretty inexpensive, you know. And actually, compared if you, to back if, in the day. Right? And
1: if you have LinkedIn Premium, like LinkedIn Learning actually has some pretty decent stuff on there too.
2: To be quite honest, I, I actually did LinkedIn Premium when I was looking for a job, just because yeah. I could see who was looking at me and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I use some of that training stuff
1: too. Yeah, that's actually pretty good too. Like you said, like going back to, I have my 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 uh, Raspberry Pi sitting here. I don't have the Pi OS loaded on it. I have one SIM card or one little flash card, a little mini SD card that I have uh, Ubuntu on. That's the one I use primarily, and then trying to get more into like the offensive side, learning a little bit about that because I really do think learning some offensive side of stuff really helps you on the defensive side of stuff when you can understand how those attack vectors and those different types of exploits can work. It's, it's much, I think it's easier to see and be able to structure defensive mechanisms in a more unique way, right? They help combat against those, those types of threats. Um, So I have another little mini SD card with, with Callie on it. So I do a little uh, testing here and there. And then I just got another uh, little mini SD card, I'm going to put the Pi OS on it, but I'm going to turn my Pi into a wireless router and a firewall. So I'm do some testing with that too. Oh yeah, an excellent experience. Man. So yeah, try do a little player. bit. Try do a little bit of everything. That's one cool thing I do like about the Pies. Like again, not trying to like promote things, but when you have a Raspberry Pi, they're super small and they're actually relatively cheap too. Depending on the kit that you get, you can literally do almost anything you want to with this thing. Like it's really awesome. You can, you can turn it into an IoT manager. You could turn it into a, a video stream source, like really whatever you want it to be, you could turn it into whatever. So based off of everything that you've kind of learned throughout your your journey and like your career sets and the different kind of avenues, if you would, of what you've been doing, what kind of recommendations or or pointers would you give our listeners here? Maybe some things that we haven't already talked about, some of some, some other things there.
2: Yeah, I see. Um, hooking up with a, a good uh, recruiter—I uh, learned that this time around too. And and I listened to some of your other interviews, and I think I heard uh, one of the guys say like, uh, "Hit as many people as you can." I'm I'm kind of maybe take a step back and find you a couple really good recruiters. Um, I have a couple folks, and I'll be happy to give give you their names and contact information later. But uh, just. Dealing with this whole thing, uh, you know, a few months back when I had to go through looking for a job again, is finding a couple recruiters that you really feel comfortable with that knows what you're looking for because you will get hit with a lot of folks that, you know, if you throw your resume out in Indeed or you're out on LinkedIn or something like that, um, you're, you're going to get hammered. You're going to get a lot of folks reaching out to you that don't even know what they're asking for, which is yeah. a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned my lesson a hard way going to some interviews and finding out that it, it, the role wasn't anything like either I was looking for or that the recruiter had promoted to me. Cause right. you know, when it comes to recruiters, I'm, I'm sure they're good at their jobs and stuff, but a lot of times they're just focusing on the keywords, right. And, and their job is to get you in the door. So yeah. they're going to do it. If you even have a remote, Experience or something they think you might fit, they're going to try to stick you in there. So, um, I, I had a couple of recruiters that I've, I've developed a relationship over the years. And um, if I'm looking, I'll go out there and tell them, and they look for me. And there's a lot of stuff that they might know about or come across their desk that doesn't get advertised. Right. Yeah. So, um, that probably one one place. And then me and you worked on. Your resume a little bit and i worked on my resume after I looked at your resume because I didn't think my resume was that great so so I mean me and you helped each other a lot with the resumes but you know tell your resume for the job too I mean make sure that the job you're applying for that you have those some of those keywords in there back to that whole keyword thing at least get you past the, the recruiter section because a lot of times these HR recruiters stuff to look at if you don't have the keywords in there you get thrown to the side you don't even get a chance to, to, to get to the next step Let's see, what else? I wrote a few notes here, you know, keywords and resumes. Uh, I did run into a few situations, especially with technical jobs. Sometimes you're going to get a lot of interviews and don't get frustrated by this. I think in some cases I had six or seven interviews for one job. But a lot of that had to do with, you know, first you talk to the recruiter. Then you talk to the hiring manager. And then they have their technical folks. And then sometimes they schedule those technical folks separately. Sometimes it's like six at one time. So I, I guess oh, like a panel type yeah yeah panel type kind of thing and i don't know if you've run into this with your search but yeah it's just don't get frustrated you know when you, and uh and that kind of goes back to the whole thing about being a little more selective about the jobs that you go to interview for because because that will wear on you if you try to do too much yeah at one time you know um i think we talked about asking you know I, th- I found a really good question to ask a hiring manager too is, um, you know, what do you, what are your expectations for me in the first 90 days? What, what are your expectations for me in one year? Just asking that question. Number one, right. the, the hiring managers are, are really uh, that really, you know, they pipe up when you say that, cause okay, this person really wants to know what this job's about. Right. And then number two, you're going to find out what the, you know, a better explanation of what the job is is going to be. Right. I don't know if you've had that experience yourself. As far as like one of the things I always look at now too, it might not be as much for some of your listeners, but for me benefits is a big thing because, uh, you know, I've only been in the service four years. So I still have to pay for my own health care, right. uh, 401k match, and things like that. And I, I found in the past some other jobs I've taken, you know, um, I didn't look real closely at that and then find out, you know, they, they don't really have a good 401k match or a lot of companies now do this cost distribution for health care. I don't know what you actually call it, but the the lower folks that make the less money pay less for their health care. And folks that make more money pay more for their health, right? So in in the IT field, you're going to find yourself at the top end of those pay scales. So uh, just something to consider. And I mean, you've talked about like how to handle. Uh, you know, negotiations for right. um, salary and stuff. Yeah, I, you should have a pretty good idea by the job you're looking for. You know, salary ranges. All that's easy to find. Research out there. I know you had. A, you, you might want to tell the folks. I don't know if you told them on any of your previous calls. That you're, the way you go about it.
1: Oh yeah. So salary. yeah. So. Every recruiter is always going to ask you, the recruiter is always going to ask you, and then usually either the program manager or the hiring manager, whoever the next step is after the recruiter that you talk to, is always going to ask you what you see your compensation being. And that's how they're going to word it, too, It's compensation. are not going to say salary, they are going to say compensation, right? And kind of adding to the point you were just talking about as far as compensation, matter of fact, I had a call with a recruiter a little bit ago, a couple hours ago. And she asked me what I was expecting for compensation. I said, really, it depends on the the level of the role. Am I doing front end conversations and recommendations to executive level uh, staff? Uh, Am I looking at doing engineering and planning and architecture for global scale type of requirements? Or is it just for one local office or or region, right? Because that that matters too, like like the level of responsibilities that you have in your position, definitely i think pay into far as a salary portion of compensation but i also told him i was like okay or well, what what do the bonuses look like are there performance bonuses every year do they do christmas bonuses right do they do stuff like that what does your 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 pto look at like are your paid time off what does that look like do they like you said the 401k matching do they do that or what does that look like for them or depending on the company too do they provide shares um, within stocks, right? Because they, they, if that's part of compensation as well, where they'll give you so many shares each year or whatever the case may be for compensation, then that could be on the table too for a lower salary. But at the end of the year, it all equals out about the same that you were looking for, right? When it comes to bonuses, especially if, especially if it's performance bonuses and you know you're going to perform at the job because you're going to want that bonus. So you're going to do what it takes to make sure you stand out in that position to, um, to be able to get the money that you want if, if you get a $5,000 performance bonus, plus let's say $10,000 Christmas bonus, like these are, these are fictional numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's $15,000 a year just in bonuses that you're getting from this company. Okay. Well, if you're looking at $160,000 a year for your salary, but they're not looking at paying for that, but they give you those types of bonuses. Okay. Okay. I'll take one forty five then. Plus those bonuses gives me my one sixty a year that I was that I was actually looking at, right? So
2: yeah, keep in mind though, uh, like bonuses are taxed a lot harder. So yeah, um, I yeah, mean, so, so like know, for you me- you, like, factor all that stuff in too, right?
1: So I, I and, and I don't so like for me, I don't look at. So I do a little bit, but I don't worry too much about. After taxes, I look. I always look at pre-tax salary and bonus money. Um, and then whatever it's going to be before taxes, because that kind of gives me a ballpark idea of what it's going to look like after taxes. It may not be exact. You know what I mean? But it kind of gives me a ballpark, at least a little bit. So like those are the, that's the kind of the way I started looking at it, too. And like you were talking about as far as when it talks about salary, I never give them a salary range anymore. Um, I, and I learned this from a really good friend of mine that I'd met through networking on LinkedIn and, when, and, and attended a couple of webinars. stuff like that and met him through there. And I got told when they ask you what you think your salary range is, if they specifically ask you that question outright, never answer them. Don't give them numbers because most of the time you're going to short sell yourself and you're, or you're going to undersell yourself big time. Most of the time, not, maybe not every time, but I would probably say 90% of the time, you're probably going to undersell yourself. And, the way I handle that now is I I ask them I kind of give them a question back and say, based off of what you've seen in my resume, because obviously you saw something, that's the reason you called me, right? So based off of what you see in my resume for this specific position, and obviously I'm not the first person to ever hold this position, right? (laughs) So that's the way I look, it's not like a brand new position, maybe it is, but most likely it's not a brand new position. So based off of what you know about this position, salary range in the past and what you see in my resume, and just talking to me so far, what do you see that should be? Right. And like, so I make them give me a range. Um, right. That's a good remember, way to go about it. Remember,
2: if you can get away with that now, sometimes well, I just say, don't sell yourself short. Right. So, right. And I've given ranges before, and then they gave me the top range, and I'm like, uh, then I'm like, did I not ask for enough?
1: Right. And it's and and <laughs> always that. Like, did, yeah, yeah. like, shoot, did I short sell myself on this one? Yeah, right. did <laughs> like, no. I got more
2: money. Yeah. No. Um,
1: <laughs> So like today, matter of fact, when I was talking to a recruiter, I kind of did the same type of thing, but her as a recruiter doesn't, she doesn't deal with any of the financial side of things. So she doesn't even see salary ranges or, or do any kind of talking with those types of things. She said that would be more of a question for the hiring manager. I was like, okay, that's fine. And if I make it to the hiring manager, then I'll ask him that question, him or her that question. Then if I don't, then, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be, you know what I mean? So, right. I kinda, I kinda do it that way now. Um, I definitely say it's worked out, I think for the betterment for me. Um, Cause I remember the first couple of times I did it and I mentioned this on one of my previous shows too about this is I thought about a number in my head like if I was gonna give them the answer, like a range and then I would see what they said to kind of see if it was even close. Most of the time it wasn't even close. I, I was yeah. way under what they were saying that they that they normally see for that position and with what my resume speaks. Like right, and coming
2: like, out of the military, yeah, so it's, it's just hard to. It, there's ways to research. I think that LinkedIn or there's some different ones too where you can put a job title in there. Uh, yes, yeah. I forget the name oh, of it, it'll geez. tell you the range. Yeah, a buddy of mine, Glassdoor, maybe Glassdoor. So the there's
1: one? Glassdoor, but my buddy just he gave me one a few months ago. It's something.fyi, I don't remember what it is. I have it we at find one. it. We
2: can put the link in there. And I will. So, uh, yes.
1: So yeah, don't worry for, for the listeners. I will make sure to have that in the show notes before I publish this, this cast. So don't worry about that. It's something.fyi. But what it is is where people within the industry um actually anonymously post what they're currently getting paid for that position and kind of giving a list of details on what their responsibilities are. Right. And they also kind of put in, okay, these were my experiences when I got hired, right? And a lot of times the experiences don't match up with what the responsibilities are, but they still got a lot of money for that position, right? So like, that's one thing that I, I liked about that website. Like I said, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I will definitely get it for the show notes because like with Glassdoor, it's more of an average based off of surveying. A lot of times people don't like to answer those types of questions about how much they make at a specific position at a place. But with this, with this other website, it's they actually have uh, people within the industry go on and anonymously put their information out there about the title of the position, not necessarily the company that they work for, but the title of the position, the area that they're located in, and then what their base salary is. And it kind of got gotcha. you, yeah. Glassdoor
2: does something like that. I think they have. A, um, you can also get reviews on the company. I mean, take that yeah. with a grain of salt. You know, a lot of people that go out there yeah. and do that, maybe. Weren't the best employees to begin with or something, but. Right. Yeah. And no bad math, something yeah. right. No bad math, in organization, <laughs> yeah. but they're
1: actually one of the better ones to work for. Who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely uh, have, have, have definitely taken to note with some of the more recent interviews with the recruiters. I got a lot of culture questions, like what kind of culture do I expect or would like to work for now? when I answer that question, I use the terms like I want a culture of everybody understands that it's a team effort, um, right. Every right? And it's not in what we do as a team is greater than us as the team. It's about the organization and what we're providing for that organization and or the customer that the organization supports or provides something to. I, I thought, told, I told again, I, I'm pretty sure that's Maybe not. Yeah, and if I think
2: LinkedIn's got, and I've I've made myself a list over the years of like HR questions I've gotten yep. that may have stumped me, and then I've, I've went back and filled it in, and then I know for the next time. But I think yep. LinkedIn has some uh, prep courses too, where yep. they'll actually hit you with some questions and things like that.
1: Yeah, you can so try to answer. Uh, I'm gonna be kind of honest. Like I haven't really done any of the prep courses or like went through any of those like prep questions at all. Mm-hmm. I kind of go off the cuff. I don't, mean, I don't even know if that's really good. I don't know if I'm doing it right or whatever, but I don't like, especially when it comes to stuff like this, like, cause I don't want to sound like a robot, like I rehearse this thing. Like yeah. I guess everybody prepares times. differently. You yeah. Know. Everybody prepares
2: differently. Right. So what's you're comfortable with? If you're good at off the cuff, that's yeah. one thing. I, and I, and, I feel like I've got to prepare for everything. So <laughs> yeah, I like, probably over prepare.
1: Like, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't really prepare for these casts. Like when I'm in like when we're doing a show and, and recording and it's all in one shot, I don't really prepare. Like I set up my, like literally like today, our thing started and about 15 minutes before it is when I turned my computer on, I pulled up the show notes and stuff like that, that you sent me from the questions, did a little Mm -hmm. mic check, make sure everything was good, looked over some stuff. And that was really about it. But I have some buddies that also do some, some podcasting. And again, I'm not bashing on anybody. Everybody has their own way of doing business, right? Like some people love to have a structure, but like, for me, I like to put my, my personality into it, you know, and I feel like if I prepare too much, because that'll be my anxiety. Right, you don't over. want to
2: sound like a robot. Yeah. Definitely. Right. That, that'll be my
1: anxiety taken over when I am
2: preparing
1: to make sure I am good with all that information to make sure I have it like perfected. And I'm going to mess it up if I do it that way. Because again, during the interview, my anxiety is going to take over because I'm like, man, am I actually saying this the right way? Like, I, <laughs> right, like I'm yeah. to, you know what I mean? And then I start. Yeah, stumbling. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I
2: agree with that. Yeah.
1: And if I start stumbling on stuff that i rehearsed over and over again, I'm not going to be able to quite quite think as yeah, quickly I, I mean, as I, I want.
2: Mean it just to have like a, kind of a base. Like, yeah. Um, and I can go back and find a song if they're worth it. And you can share with me folks if you want i go back and look and
0: Watch it's just like i've seven. gotten
2: stopped at you a couple of times yeah oh i i got a funny one so a manager i had before said we were talking about you know video video uh, interviews right and he said you know he had one uh interviewer say or here to you know uh, come dressed like you would dress for work right come dressed to the thing so i guess so they did an interview with somebody and a lady asked that person to stand up <laughs> so he's uh, <laughs> I see he had, like a nice tie and everything on and he stood up and he had his shorts on and she said you're disqualified man yeah nice so i don't i've never it's never happened to me but yeah yeah, yeah so i always say give, give me instructions yeah. like that follow me
1: <laughs> yeah so i i always ask to like even when it's with the hiring like a recruiter i always ask like hey what's like the appropriate attire just so i know i come prepared to look how I'm like, how you, you would expect me to look because I've been in some to where literally the hoodie I have on right now, I've, I've had video interviews with people with this hoodie on and it was okay. You know, and I moved on to the next piece. I I moved on to the next phase of it, but I've also had some that were like, no, have some pretty professional attire on. So like polo was fine at that point, but I have a, a video interview with the hiring manager for, for a company coming up on Wednesday and it's business casual. So I'll have my sports coat on, button up shirt. And like you said, like, I'm not going to have shorts on to stand up in. <laughs> like I'm actually going to have my slash on,
2: you know, like actually yeah, yeah, be fully right. dressed. In <laughs> case you no, like, accidentally bend over or something. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's OK to ask those
1: questions. It's totally OK to ask those questions to make sure that you're prepared. And it's, and it's going to show them, too, that you want to be prepared. Right. You want to be able to set the best example for them. You know what I mean,
2: right? I think we bounced all over the place, but um, you know, I mean, you talk about resumes too, trying to keep yeah. them down to one to two pages. Um, and I heard it was really good if people have not listened to your other interviews one about re- removing the military terminology because, yeah. you know, a lot of folks don't, yeah, you know, they're not going to know what you're saying. Yeah, if you use a lot of the military terminology and stuff. Yeah, so that, was about, that was a that, really good thing.
1: That was a big one. Hit on that in episode four. My guest Jack, he hit on that a lot, and it's true. They're not going to know, like for me, my, my MOS title right now is data assistance engineering officer. That means nothing in the civilian, right? (laughs) Like it means Jack. Oh, Oh, you're a T4 officer. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything either. No, like nobody cares. Like my my last guest, Jason, he hit it on the head. Like nobody cares about what your rank was in the military. That doesn't resonate to anything um, on the civilian side. So being able to take that, take strip the military stuff away from it. And it's not bad to do that. Um, Go out and, 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 and turn it into some terms that, that can translate or make sense to somebody that doesn't have a military background. So like on my resume, my current position that I have for my experiences is IT systems and security architect. That's essentially what I do. I, I, I do some engineering, but as an architect, you should be able to do some engineering, right? Getting your hands dirty, doing some, doing some of the down and dirty, like technical planning for stuff. But for the most part, I do a lot of overarching planning some high level, more, more high level planning and design. Right. It's like, so that's essentially what it is. It's an architect's position. I think that's extremely, and that's hard. That's a hard, even for the ones that have only been in for a few years, I think that's hard because that's just all, that's all in the terminology they know in the industry. Right. And I think that's, I think that's where they have to get out. And I, I, I was guilty of it too, but taking the initiative and learning some stuff on your own, because you're not going to learn all the, the ins and outs of this, of, the actual vendors themselves, the technologies while you're in, there's certain things that you're only allowed to be able to use, right? If you want to learn other things, you kind of have to take the initiative and kind of do it on your own. exactly, yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? Any any other yeah, advice or just any we, other
2: subjects or anything? Yeah, no, I think I, uh, we had a lot of stuff that at least I want to get out to your listeners, okay. you, know, um, you know, as far as, you know, I got some causes too, the ACP thing that we talked about. So, yeah. You know, if you're if they're looking, if you're listening, somebody's looking, please go out there, sign up. You know, this is a great experience for me. John, you were my first oh, yeah. your first one. I, I'm planning on doing it a lot more. It's, just, you know, it's all about people and making connections. And that's going to carry a long way in the civilian world because, you know, it's a you know small industry. Uh, people move around a lot. Um, when, when I had this thing happen to me a while back where, you know, you know, it was a little stressful and, you know, I'm out of one day, I think I'm going to be somewhere forever next day. I'm not there anymore. So, um, I actually reached out to some people. They said, you know, come right over. I know you, you know, your reputation, (laughs) you know, so, but I took my time and and found something that really excited me, but not to say that it's, you know, those contacts, I, I keep them up. I keep up with them. Um, I think, uh, you know, developing your brand, advertising yourself, getting out there. I know we talked about LinkedIn a lot. I know you're pretty active on it. Uh, becoming an influencer, I mean, so, and that's something I'm probably guilty of not doing. But I do pay attention to folks that are influencers out there. And, you know, people, you're going to get remembered for that when you yeah. start looking for a job or reaching out for people for help.
1: No, absolutely. Um, I, I will probably, like, honestly... Once I do retire and I kind of figure out what my next job schedule is going to look like and my personal schedule outside of the military, once I retire, I'm probably going to reach out to ACP and, and try to volunteer as, as a mentor as well. Because, like you said, like this, I might have been your first mentee, you're my first mentor through ACP, and I think this has been a great experience. Because oh, like yeah, you, said, like awesome. you said, like just because you're a mentor doesn't mean... You can't also be a mentee at the same time, like like me and you. We've helped each other with quite a bit of stuff,
2: right? Yeah, we've so, talked about a lot of things. That, yeah, you know, and back and forth. You, so. you
1: can learn something from anyone, regardless of who it is or what it's about. You can learn something from anyone, and that's definitely one thing I've I've taken away from a lot of the networking that I've done over the last year or so is making sure that one you're learning something something from everyone that you connect with, regardless of what it is, whether it be per- personal professional religious whatever the case may be always try to learn something but at the same time always try to provide something you know and again regardless of what it is because again just because that you're taking something from them or learning something from men doesn't mean you can't teach them something too because again there might be something or an experience that you have that they haven't had and you guys can help each other out So i definitely know say, I, definitely. We, we've helped each other out on a couple of different uh times throughout our, our time yep definitely um, Anything else? Any other subjects? Doesn't have to be IT related or anything like that. Anything
2: else? Oh uh, no, I think that's. I think I uh, hit on everything I wanted to talk about. Okay. Anything well, else you want to talk about? <laughs> um, actually, yeah. Um,
1: I'll go ahead and talk about it now. It it hasn't come to fruition yet, but it will after I retire. I'm mean, well. I'm trying to wait till after I retire just because of the sake of time piece and not having more than twenty four hours in a day to be able to do things that I that I want to or need to. I am going to be starting a second session of the show each month. Going to have so I'll be publishing out two episodes. Um, but the the second session isn't going to be tailored towards IT or cybersecurity like this one is. I am going to continue to do this type of session, but I'm going to start tailoring towards mental health issues with veterans and their families. So not just the veterans, but the family members as well, because I definitely know from my own personal experience, the spouses don't. They go through just as much mentally as we do, as the as the service member, just in a different light. And then they get their their issues get pushed to the side as soon as we come home, and they don't get addressed or talked about or anything like that. So, focusing not just on the veterans, but the family members too, and um, promoting suicide awareness, not just in veterans, but the suicide awareness just across the board, just in general, uh, suicide across across the board, their own all scopes. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's, and that's
2: you know, I've, I've been there too. It's affected me and having a good support system or somebody to talk to, or, you yeah. know, going through what I just went through, uh, you know, there's some dark days and, oh, yeah. and, and just somebody reaching out. If you know somebody that's you know, struggling or something, make sure you check in on them, reach out and talk to them, make sure they have an outlet. Yep. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world and, and things happen for a reason. Right. And so oh, yeah. for me, you know, I think, truly believe things that. turned out better for me. I feel like I, I got a promotion. I, I'm much happier than I was. And I feel like now, Uh, They did me a favor. Yeah.
1: No, uh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know if you listen to a lot of country music or anything like that, but it's not IT related whatsoever. But it kind of wraps back into the conversation we're having now. Um, I don't know if you know who Cody Johnson is, country singer from Texas. I do not. Um, But anyways, he the Amazon Prime just did a like a short documentary on him called Dear Rodeo, the story of Cody Johnson it's really good. It's about his career as a country artist prior to being a country artist. He was a rodeo cowboy. That, that's again, that's mm-hmm. the reason I really enjoyed his story because I'm a prior rodeo cowboy as well before my career in Marine Corps. Listen to him and his journey through becoming the country singer and country artist he is today. It, I think it that can relate to a lot of uh, especially service members because of the the decisions we've had to make for certain things and it leading to bad actions, regardless of whatever the outcome is after that. And a lot of times gets to another decision point to where, okay, we make a decision and then now something good happens after that. And then kind of back and forth. And then at some point, those things that have happened that have made you who you are today are going to bring you to a decision point to where the decision that you make, can be the best thing to ever happen to you in your entire life, right?
2: Yeah, I'm not a country um, music fan, so I'll, but I'll check it out definitely. I love so those like, kind of stories. Um, yeah, so I'm not
1: a I'm not a mainstream country guy. Like I don't like mainstream country. I'm more of a Texas country kind of guy. So like Casey Donahue band, Cody Johnson stuff like that. But no, I really like that because again, it's not necessarily about the music. Gotcha. Essentially, it's
2: yeah, about the story, yeah.
1: right? It's about his journey to get to where he is today as an as a country artist, and dear rodeo is a, is a song that he wrote and he explains like how he came to write that song and like what it really means and stuff like that too so it's really good i like it
2: oh okay so you made me think of something else though and i think i mentioned to you this when you first started talking but i don't know if you ever got to listen to david goggins or can't no. hurt me um uh-huh. uh, yeah yeah check out he's on i think it's on amazon he also has youtube videos this guy is freaking amazing and okay, he's so inspirational, and he, what he came from. He, I think he's the only guy in military history to be to go through um, was it uh, Navy SEAL school three times, and then also go through Army uh, paratrooper school, like a couple things like the, the guy's just off the hook, man. So okay,
1: if, yeah, i have to look at a really
2: good read or a you know, check out David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. Okay, but, uh, that book changed my life, really.
1: Okay, i okay. have to check that out. We'll put that stuff in the show notes soon. I'll put the uh, the, um, the deer rodeo, the Cody Johnson story. I'll put that in the show notes too. Um, okay, awesome. uh, where it's at on, on, uh, Amazon prime. So, okay. Yeah. Anything else real quick? I'll ask you, I'll ask you no, one more time. Just, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No, just, uh, bro, all those folks getting out you know, please reach out, keep in touch. Uh, you're welcome. to Put my information out there. And, okay and so sure I'm, I'm always looking for ways to help the military, you know, a couple other organizations, Patriot guard, I'm a part of, and, um, uh, Victory Junction is another uh, call. So I have some causes there. that's not military related? It's it's a camp for kids. you probably heard of it, in North Carolina. Yeah, I volunteer there. So, oh, okay, uh, awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, I'll definitely. Uh, I'll get all that information from you, and I'll make sure it's in the show notes and everything like that. Cool. So, yeah, cool. Well, I like promote, I like promoting stuff like that too. So, like I said, awesome. Primary awesome. subjects: IT, cybersecurity. But if we talk about other things, I'm I'm all about talking about stuff. Putting stuff out there, letting people learn, and, and and promoting some good causes. So, we'll put all that stuff on awesome. there. All right, yeah. all right, man. Jay, it's been a pleasure, dude. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. So, until next time, man. All right. Talk to you soon.
2: All right. Bye. All right. See. Bye.
0: Again, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of The Bunkhouse. I'll make sure and add Jay's information into the closing section of the show notes. I'll have his LinkedIn profile link there. I'll make sure and add in Victory Junction and the Patriot Guards link as well to those two causes. And then have the uh, the link for Can't Hurt Me, the book that he was talking about. And then also Dear Rodeo, the Cody Johnson story. Again, I want to thank everybody. It's been a great time. I've enjoyed doing this show. Um, I really hope everybody's getting something out of this or at least can pass it on, help somebody else. And as always, be the light in someone's dark.